Here comes the biggest news ever. Trek Off the Motion Picture is available on Amazon Prime. That's right. The movie version of the podcast you're listening to. An actual movie. A motion picture on Amazon Prime. Available in the United States and the UK. Just go on Amazon and search for Trek Off. The word Trek Off. One word. And you can watch us. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you can you can like rent us or buy us. We're available on DVD on Amazon. But like streaming on Amazon Prime. And listen, please watch because it really helps us out. And share it. Give us good reviews. And share it on your Facebook page stuff, man. I'm just excited. Check out the motion picture. Warning. The following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. It's time for Trek Off. We're giving it all she's got, Captain. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name's Alex. And today, hey, you know what I did this week? Uh, n- no. I released an album. That's so awesome. I released a love song album. Aww. Um, uh, I like with... your power love ballads. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, hey, listen to it. We're, it's on Spotify. It's everywhere. It's called Unlovesick. And it's... Uh, it's uh, <laughs> I like um, it. Unlovesick. It, it's a whole... Uh, it's it's 12 songs long, and it's a bunch of songs that I've written between like uh, like 1991 and now. Um, uh, yeah. So the last one I wrote like two weeks ago, and the first one, like the earliest one on is like I wrote like when I was 15. Um, oh wow, that's although, so awesome! Although they're all they're all like produced recently and stuff, but uh, but listen to it. And so that it got me in the mood today uh, to talk about love. So I figured we'd talk about some love today. Oh, you know, I do like that subject. <laughs> we talk all about love, but before love, do 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 news. Um, uh, news that you're gonna like uh, from TrekMovie.com. Uh, Star Trek Discovery to premiere by early fall, as of yesterday. Uh, I'll just jump into it. CBS chief Les Moonves told investors today that Star Trek Discovery will premiere in late summer or early fall 2017. Moonves spoke about Star Trek Discovery before investors at the Morgan Stanley Technology Media and Telecom Conference on February 27th. Uh, According to Deadline, Moonves noted that the premiere has been pushed back from its rescheduled May target date because it's important to get it right. uh, And Star Trek is the family jewels. Uh, <laughs> uh, Moonves uh, elaborated we're not going to rush it there's a lot of post-production but I'm very confident what I've seen so far and then this is what he said this is a little bit shitty there are millions and millions of Trekkies out there we know for a fact that other versions of Star Trek there were seven other series some of them were great and some of them were terrible they all did really well on Netflix though and they gave, that gave his great confidence that this was the right choice to pull the full court press on all access no <laughs> Wow. Even like I know you don't like Voyager. I'm not a giant fan of Enterprise and and I know a bunch of people who hate the animated series and there are people who think DS9 so I'll just cross the board. I understand that everybody has their preferences. But some of them were terrible from CBS president Les Moonves? Like dude, seriously, you said that? Like, like do you have any PR staff? Like, like you know, I know what I mean? Like, legitimately, like, could you imagine, like, be, like being that guy's fucking PR person and, and hearing that and being, oh, fuck. Like, could and you imagine? Like, could, I have you... to imagine, like, as soon as reporters or whomever got this quote, like, left the room, they, like, busted in, like, how do you out of your fucking mind? I know. Some of them were terrible. 
Terrible. That's what you said. I just, I cannot. Like, could you imagine going on Facebook and let's say you're about to get married and you go, I'm about to get married. I'm sure this one's going to work out. I've had a lot of girlfriends in the past. Uh, Some of them were great and some of them were terrible, but they all looked pretty good on paper. So this one should be good. Right. And, and so it's it's honestly, yeah, once you start unpacking that entire thing, like it's not even that he said some of them were terrible, but what what happens after that? So like basically it sounds to me and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I should be listening to his heart, and not his words. It sounds to me like he's saying that some of them were terrible and those dumb motherfuckers liked it anyway. So ours may even a suck, little but bit. It was a good bet because those dummies are going to like anything that's Star Trek. Some of them were terrible. Like I just and I'm just imagining in my in my sort of you know girlfriend scenario, like you leave a bunch of them out there, like the people on Voyager. Like, do you think that like right now, like you know Harry Kim, poor uh, Garrett Wong, is going, "What the fuck, man!" <laughs> like, like we did we did our best. Like we we tried, okay, and maybe it didn't all work out, but like we tried. Like don't don't do that. Like can you can you imagine if you had a new play coming up and going <laughs> going? You know I've got a new play coming up. I've done a lot of plays in the past. It's some of some them of I them was were great. Terrible. Some yeah. of them I was great, and some of them I was terrible. But y'all seem to like me anyway. So, I'm seriously. It's it's not even just the <laughs> distinction that some were like. <laughs> better than others and the, yeah but but that some were terrible and it and it and it still worked out like yeah, so, so why not? that doesn't Let's give me do a whole lot of faith in what you're making over there motherfucker i know i gotta tell you <laughs> like because it, it really i mean it feels a little bit like like was this thing on oh we were we were you were serious right now yeah no, and the thi- like and the like that- like, a, like in my in my head i have like a vision of like a reporter who like snuck in and he's like talking to some underling who's like talking about the delays or whatever. He's like, dude, we can't delay that. We can't keep delaying. We got to come out and fall. Okay. Fall. That's what we're going to do. And here, you know, here's the deal, man. Like there've been a lot of Star Trek. Some of them were good. Some were terrible. And, and all those fucking people watched it anyway. It's making like, money. It's going to be fine. It's making money. <laughs> like I just, cause that's the kind of thing you would say, you would say not to press. Right. Like, that's the kind of thing that you'd say internally when people are like trying to push back. Like, I don't know. There's kind of it's kind of costing us some money. There's no dude. Seriously, listen to me. These people will love anything. Star Trek. Yeah. It could suck. No, it could be a big pile of a steaming pile of shit and they'll eat it. They'll eat it right up. I've seen it. (laughs) You know, like, oh, my God, I'm excited. I'm excited. He says seven series. Which ones are those? If we just go real quick. Uh, that that was uh, the original series, Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, the animated series. There were six other series. There were not seven. Yeah. <laughs> Can you? I want you to imagine that you had six kids, and you you were about to have a new one. You have a seventh child, and. You get together all the aunts and uncles, all all your family, and let's say you know you know that your kids, your original six kids, are are watching, and you go, "Hey, listen, I know we're having another one, but we already have seven. Some of them are okay, some of them are terrible, but this one's gonna be pretty good." First of all, you have the bunch going, "Am I the terrible one? 
Because next gen right. and original series know that they're not the terrible one, right? They know that. Yeah, they're like pretty I safe. feel like they can, they can, yes, they can with certainty sit back and be like, it's not us, any us. <laughs> and, and and DS Nine has like this this faction of people that don't like it. Voyager is very, very, very popular. Um, although there's some people hate it. Enterprise has its fan. Like the rest of them are sitting there going, "Am I the terrible one?" But also among your six kids, they're looking. Well, and, at each and other. here's the thing: it's not even am I the terrible one. They could all be the terrible ones. Yeah, except for the two, except for the first two, right? right except like, for the first two. But that's what I'm saying. Like he's assholes. It, like only one of them has to be. I, no, I guess only two of them have to be good, and the rest can be terrible. And that could be the way that shit falls based on how he put it. Shut <laughs> up, Billy. Mama always liked you. Okay. <laughs> but then, then as they're sitting there having their their discussion about this, uh, they also go, "Did he say seven? <laughs> like, wait a minute. One. And you start like counting around the room, and then you start to wonder if your math's right. Like he doesn't. Just, he doesn't even know how many of us there are. There are. Wait, well, may, does he maybe, have someone with another woman? Does he? Yeah. Does he have a whole other family that we know nothing about? J.J. Abrams is over there going, "Yes, I fathered another one, but it's not really a series, really. But Just I so guess you know, I, I guess I'm not, number seven. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm seven. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> Uncle J.J. You're with Star Wars now. <laughs> you cheat, <laughs> you cheating, you cheating motherfucker." <laughs> Four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. Go! <laughs> oh my gosh! It's gonna like stay with me. I know. Forever. Well, didn't like, didn't we do a whole just... episode at one point about how he was like the start? The, the Trekkies are gonna like come and get me and find me. Like, like, he's, like I I don't think this guy understands Star Trek very much at all. No, so I really that's like I that doesn't make me hopeful at all. Come fall, what but do, he's what not gives me a little it. bit of Let's hope. Let's be clear, though. he's not making it. He's just the guy in charge who of, greenlit it. I understand. Yeah, um, but I will say this: um, since we did the thing with the are those fucking Klingons, I feel like I have heard rumor and talk that like the guy that released the pictures got fired, obviously because he signed an NDA, and that those aren't Klingons. One would hope. So I hope... I mean, you know... I hope that is so. I hope they are not Klingons. Like, that... Yeah, I mean... That would please me. If if they were not, I would be be very, very, very happy if that was the case. So, even if... I would actually even be happy if... Guy did the thing he shouldn't have done by releasing the photo. Like, and I think they they took it down. Um, but like, guy did what he did by you know made a mistake by t- posting the photo saying they were Klingons. They heard all the backlash. And they were like, "Fuck, we can't. They can't. Those can't be Klingons." Like, <laughs> like fucking. We're gonna get to episode one. It's it. good. It's gonna be the the Lingons. <laughs> like they're just gonna, <laughs> the Lingons. These are the Lingons, and you can see that everybody's saying Klingon, but somebody's Some gone in like weird and, cousin, and, and like and like uh, uh, like Adobe Audition and just got rid of the K. <laughs> hey, look out for all the Lingons. <laughs> there are Lingons no, everywhere. No, 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 no. They're not Klingons. They're they're Lingons. They're, they're, they're like Klingons. So basically, the, there were Klingons. And then there's this planet that's like that's like just outside their system, and they um they kind of started stuff there, but there was already a race there, and so they kind of meshed in that. And then, but because there's the Klingon genes are so dominant, um, you kind of we we they felt they sort of turned into Lingons. I don't oh, know Lingons. what the race was called before though. Like 
Just ons, I guess. They're ons, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't hold on quite as, quite as well. Um, no. <laughs> so, so um, this is uh, heartening, though. This is good. Uh, um, this is an interview um, with Nick Meyer um, as he spoke with uh, TrekMovie.com. Uh, again, this is by Rich uh, Shepis. Uh, exclusive Nick Meyer says he hopes Discovery helps people see themselves. Uh, Trek Movie asks, what are your personal hopes for Star Trek Discovery? At which point Nick Meyer responds, I hope it's a success. That's my first hope. I hope it perpetuates the Star, Star Trek condition of helping people see themselves, making us able to contemplate dilemmas that otherwise we might be too close to judge without prejudice. I thought that was the series' strength. By taking hot-button issues, renaming them, and setting them someplace else. That we could think about ourselves and how we want to be i hope the new series contributes to that tradition that would be a good thing god yeah see that guy gets it like i i hope he's right <laughs> i really 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 do yeah no i agree i'm gonna but move the on the fact uh, that he's yeah. kind of like distances himself from it in a way no 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 this is not brian fuller this is nick meyer nick fire nick meyer's still on Oh, he is. Yeah, this is a, Brian Fuller was the other guy. But didn't his title change or something? Didn't he go from being one thing to another thing or something? Well, no, I mean, Brian Brian Fuller was was going to kind of co-do it with Nick Meyer, and now there are other people there, but Nick Meyer is still there to sort of oversee. Um, Nick Meyer, who, of course, directed Star Trek Two and Star Trek Six. No, I know, but like, yeah. I feel like I remember when the news came out and it was like he, he wasn't as... He was still going to like get it going, but like not hang around or something afterward. Well, I hope he does because he seems to get it. Um, Trek he movie seems asks, to get it, but I just I get yeah. what I'm saying. What what concerns me, right, is like what he's saying, plus what um, stupid guy said. Uh, I'm sorry. You know what? I shouldn't call him stupid. Because yeah, he's I, less I moon vest. He could he could crush you. Like let's be um, clear. This this guy. This no, guy, I mean he, I, I'm just I'm 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 having a Star Trek moment and saying you know I don't actually know this guy. He said something that was yeah. That was foolhardy. That was a, uh, that was not a good thing to say. He made a mistake. That doesn't make him stupid in, in, inherently. No. So that's why I was saying, you know, we like you less. Bit and, come and on our show, man. Les Moonves, uh, head of CBS. Come on our show. <laughs> yes, to explain please yourself. come on our show. I'm sure you would love it. Um, <laughs> You're listening. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I. The, based on what that guy said, though, and based on what you know has been happening with the course of the show and everything like that. Like I have, I guess I have a feeling that there's been clashing happening between like CBS and like, I don't have a lot of faith in their programming in general in terms of being like, it just doesn't occur to me as the right network for a Star Trek show. And again, it's, it's not, not go, but it's not going to be on CBS. I, so I, I don't fair. give a shit. It's CBS all, all online, all access, whatever the fuck they call. It's still fucking CBS. It's still the same people. At the I, top. Would it's bet, still the same people I would bet. I would bet you. I would bet you they're not. Like, and that's my concern, right? Yeah, is no, that I they see. Don't that. really know, and then the people who do know are like have their roles have changed and shifted, and some have left, and it's and and now you know Nick Meyer saying this. And and that's what he hopes happens. So my, you know what I mean. Like I have a yeah, worry no, there I see that. that they're that what's happening is like yeah, Nick Meyer and Brian Fuller. Like when they started saying like we know exactly what we want to do, we want to make Star Trek, and we know exactly how to do that, and this is what makes Star Trek Star Trek. And then like are getting a lot of pushback from CBS because they they only know how to make police procedurals in their life, but that's not like this, and everybody loves those. You're not listening to us. This isn't. This is a different thing. It's its own thing. Like. <laughs> I need you to understand that. Like, just let us do our thing. We know what we're doing, really. 
and that not kind of really working. So He's that's like, no, you didn't. You did stuff that was terrible. Right. <laughs> Let me move on with the interview. Uh, Trek movie asked, uh, your Star Trek, your Star Trek has been a more intimate character examination, i.e. Kirk's journey in Star Trek two and Kirk and Spock questioning their continued relevance in Star Trek six. Is this continued examination of a character's journey the way you see yourself writing discovery to which Nick, my responds, that's the only way I can really relate to Star Trek. Anyway, I'm not a science fiction fan. I didn't watch the show as a kid. I didn't get it. It's only to the degree to which I understand the earthbound human aspects of the stories that I can create or relate to them. I hope to read these stories by C.S. Forrester growing up about Captain Hornblower. I thought Star Trek is Captain Hornblower and I can do this. Just change the name to some alien species. Um, I love that. Now, I want to give him credit from what I understand when he was asked. We've talked about him before when he was asked back uh, to do Star Trek 2. Having never seen the series, the first thing he said did is sat down and watched every episode of the series. So um, I think the reason he got Star Trek so much is he was a non-fan who then went into it and, and got it and if you remember, Star Trek Two starts with in the 23rd century. It starts with a title card to go, you know what? You don't have to have seen the series, but set you where you are and tell the human story. And I think that's why it works as well as it did. Your thoughts? Um, Yeah. You know, and, and actually, uh, so this comes back a little bit into, um, remember I, I had said that well, I, mean, I don't know if I, if we talked about this or not, but I, I recently on Netflix, I was, you know, trying to find, uh, something new to watch and um and I and I saw the Wiz and I'd never seen the Wiz and I mean obviously I'd seen Wizard of Oz but I'd never seen the Wiz and something I found interesting while I was watching it is that in a way it's kind of a totally different story because Dorothy's not like a kid right she's not like a teenager and as I watched the whole of the film I felt like it almost had a like I I feel like original Wizard of Oz, right, is a coming-of-age story. And we see a lot of that, right? Like, this is what it's like to go through puberty and, and you know, sort of that transition from child to adult. And we see a lot of that. It's done all over the place. And it's great. There's nothing wrong with it. But what we don't see as much, I feel, is this tr this idea that, like, now you're an adult. That doesn't mean you're, like, done. You know what I mean? Like, and I really felt like the whiz resonated a lot with me in that way that by, because Dorothy wasn't so young, she was like a school teacher and she, you know, had a life. I mean, she was still living at home, but like, and it's so her journey to like find herself, like her own self-discovery to, to move on to the next sort of portion of her life that I guess she hadn't really, she'd been kind of stuck. And I really... I loved that. And I was like, I love that as an idea because I feel like so many people, um, you know, we put so much emphasis on once you're an adult, well, now you go to school, you know, now you go to work and now you have kids and like, that's your life and your personal discovery time is over. It's done. And I just don't think that's so like for anybody. So I would love to see that in Star Trek. If, and particularly since Nick Myers into these sort of personalized stories, I, uh, I, I would love to see that journey. And I think we, because it's um, an an online s series, it's not something that's necessarily a weekly show in the same sense. Although I wish they, it's just why I wish they would just kind of do it one season at a time. I'm hoping that's not going to change the storytelling. But what I'd like to see is that progression, because in as particularly in Star Trek, you we've not really seen a character. I mean, we've seen like an episode here or there, but we've never like followed a character that's kind of gone 
through being like an ensign and then, you know, getting promoted or, you know, deciding what they want to do. And I mean, perfect example, I mean, Will never gets his own ship in the whole seven years because, you know, he wants to stay there. Keep it going. No, not not seven years because Nemesis is a full like eight years after. He's first officer for 15 years, having been offered his own command in year two. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I think it's... Which could have been a really interesting that story. That could have been a really interesting story. The idea of, of Riker as the guy whose ship had passed him by. That would have been really... Because that happens. And that would be a really interesting story to have told that they never... I kind of wish Star Trek, like, could have gone on. Maybe they'll be, yeah. get a chance to do that. That's what I'm... So that's why I feel like this has the potential to do. By making sort of the, the, the main character, if you will, that you're following, not the captain, so to speak... I think that that can and and having multiple stories and and hearing what you know that quote from Nick Meyer sounds to me like we can really we can see that because it's not, I mean while I do believe Star Trek is also about you know being able to like it's all, all that stuff is intertwined right you know it's not just about some issue or some it's it's all about who you are and who you want to be and and I feel like you can explore all of that in in sort of the the freedom that he has right now. And I hope that they do. I would, I think I would really enjoy having both, you know, my, the, the Star Trek that's dealing with, you know, things that are happening that we can't really talk about because everybody's so emotionally involved in it. And if you're able to take a step back, you might be able to actually get some perspective and, and be contemplative and, and consider and, and introspective and, and realize what's going on and, and have good discussions and have ask good questions and things like that. But also with the framework of like, you know, cause that's the thing, like what, what are we all doing in this life? Like in, in the yeah. world, like I know my journey, you know, didn't end when I became an adult. Like it wasn't like well, I went my, through and, high school and then all of a sudden I was adult and I have stopped. I'm done. Well, now. yeah, no. And like, I, and I, I feel the same way if I, you know, I watch movies like, uh, I mentioned before that I just watched neighbors, which is a funny movie. Um, but it's, you know, a man and a wife, they have a kid and it does sort of seem like you, you, in you know in the movies and maybe this is because of sitcoms you have to stay stagnant but it seems like you go through your life you get married you have kids and that's all you do until then your kids move out and then you have an empty nest and nothing else happens in between um right like that's your existence (laughs) and i can say i had my first kid before the first ninjas movie came out right so like it's like my the entirety of my artistic life that anybody would know me for but it's before trek off before anything happened after i was married and had a kid so i don't think that there is any one particular path and i love that they're doing this i i love i want to get to this next quote because just in case you're wondering if nick meyer is bullshitting if he's like towing the party line and saying what cbs told him to say trek movie asks this is your fourth trip to the final frontier what brought you back this time nick uh meyer responds well i'm sure they offered me money <laughs> Trek movie says you're not doing it for free and Nick Meyer says I don't carry a pen with me in case I accidentally write something for free Dr. Samuel Johnson said a man is a blockhead who writes for any other reason than money <laughs> this is like for real you didn't just make it up he really said this but then he goes I was very flattered I was enormously flattered to be invited back as sort of an eminence Christ uh, which is sort of what I am or to have become even though I don't feel like that um, he moves on Trick Meyer says, so reflecting on the three Trek movies you've written and the two you've filmed, do you look at them differently today? 
Nick, Nicholas Meyer says, uh, I like to think the best of my stuff was built to last. You can look at, I didn't realize he directed Time After Time, which is amazing. Uh, you can look at Time After Time today and it does not look like an old movie. It seems very timely, pertinent, intelligent. The story is still, to my way of thinking, as captivating. On the other hand, I look at Star Trek VI and I am very self-conscious about things in that movie, which strike me, they might not strike other people as sort of awkward. There's a certain smug quality to Kirk looking at the conspirators and saying, some people can be very frightened of change. But look what that look what change has gotten us in a world we live in now is the world we live in now an improvement over eyeball to eyeball confrontation with the soviet union as terrifying as that was nobody was flying jet planes into the world trade tower running out with atom bombs and suitcases or whatever is coming next also when i look at spock doing the vulcan mind meld with valeris it reminds it kind of reminds me of waterboarding and i'm thinking would i really do it that way now so looking back this is really aged strangely i don't think Khan is aged at all i don't think time after time is aged i think elegy the human stain uh, but Elegy, I think, is a terrific film, and Summersby. Um, oh, I like Summersby as well. Like, I think that's interesting, though. But I, and and here's the thing: I think it's, I think that's good, though, that he he's like, would I do the same thing now? I think this goes exactly to that point of like, I mean, at, like anybody else, like Nicholas Meyer too, also, right? You know, is a a growing uh, human being, and the world, and it's not just like what's happening within you as a person, but like how you're interacting with the world around you and how the world is changing and what those two things together equate to everybody's yeah. on a journey, you know, like, and we're all kind of in a way on it together and in a way on it alone. So I think that it would be really cool to see all of that reflected in this series. I'm not very hopeful. I have to admit that it's going to be, but I, I well, I mean, it's, I, at know, least no Nick knows what's up. Right. <laughs> well, and I think that having him there as a driving force, I think there's something to be said um, for people who reboot their own work, um, as opposed to uh, continue doing their own work forever and ever to the point where it peters out, or when other people reboot their own work, I'm thinking very specifically about, um, you know, the uh, I believe that the movie, um, the the Ten Commandments was actually um a remake. Uh, the the guy who did that uh had done it once before i know that mad max fury road was uh is is absolutely a reboot of mad max and it's done by george miller who did the first three mad maxes and if you look at the first three mad maxes the first is good the second is great the third beyond thunderdome it starts to peter out a little bit he takes a break and then he reboots his own series um i think that when i think about ninjas i go okay if I did another ninjas movie which i can't ever imagine myself doing i would probably do ninjas versus zombies again but differently and I would and because what this guy's had is he's had all this time to look at everything he's done and think and go okay I see what I've done um and not in a George Lucas like the unfortunate thing about George yeah, Lucas see, is, it, yeah it's a double-edged sword man like because then you could also but George, George Lucas, Lucas some shit yeah or but you that's, could even Steven Spielberg some shit like fucking E.T. Yeah, so, but that's not rebooting. That's the thing. That's altering what you've done before. The idea, that's about, of, yeah, that's a valid. The, the idea of stepping into, you know, to to doing what you did, you know, with a fresh canvas. And let's and let's face it. Look, I mean, George Lucas is a lot of great things. Steven Spielberg is a lot of great things. Um, yep. And even and even Spielberg has come gone back the other way around on ET and said, okay. And frankly, you can hate the changes in e there. There's nothing to hate in the changes in ET. Um, you can go, they weren't needed, but they're not, you know, they're not. I mean, like honestly, I feel like it, it, um, it, it, it doesn't, it takes away a level of believability for me. 
Sure. Like, like the, the the bottom line is these 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 federal agents would have fucking guns. Like that's sure. just ridiculous. Yes, you know yes, what I mean. Yes, they would. Except that if if somebody watched ET today and didn't know the changes had been made, they would never go. Why don't those guys have guns? It doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, I think they, you're right. I think they'd probably be more caught up in the in the overall story and what's yeah. going on, as opposed to, to like terribly inserted Jabba in in episode four. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and a completely extraneous, like a just a scene that doesn't need to be there, right? Like because it's yeah, literally so, happens right before that. We, we and get I think that, that information. And so. I think the difference with George Lucas is that George Lucas. I never I think I feel like never left Star Wars even though he didn't really work on it for 14 years I feel like he like lived like Star Wars lived in his head and he was always kind of thinking about it um as opposed to I I really think that someone like Nicholas Meyer who's really introspective and goes you know I see some things that I like that I did I don't want to change what I did but now that I have a chance to re-enter the world um I think there are some ways we can make it more contemporary and more you know di- like well because like, that's the thing too like Star Trek should does and should change with the times like it's it's always going to be talking about the future but it's always supposed to have been like i mean from the beginning from the get-go like it's its goal was to be to to hold up a mirror to society and and ourselves in the moment right now in a sci-fi place so that we can actually you know potentially deal with it better and and i think that that by the nature of that it should change Right. As as our society changes, as things change, as things happen and 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 the face of the world sort of becomes different and sensibilities become different, like it's it should it ought to reflect what's happening now it sh- in, in a way Agreed. and still be timeless. Like, that's what I think is so great about it, because it's like when I watched the original series, I I wasn't alive in you know the late 60s. So I don't. But I know enough from history to to know that there were struggles that there were things that were going on um and i can't always point i mean there are certain episodes that's that that you know really big watershed things that happen that you can look at and you go oh that was obviously in reference to this thing but i think there are plenty of them that that are just kind of universalisms that you that maybe you can't but that were happening at the time and so maybe i can't point to the specific point in history that they were trying to kind of highlight and and start a conversation about but the the message still holds up, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I think that that's that's Star that's the beauty of Star Trek. And I think if they make a show like that, um, which I think is why I kind of get so upset about Voyager so much because of the you know the feminism and and I feel such a lack of it there that um, that I hope that we see more of here and and you know all the other you know transgender and and. And, and gay people and you know, sure. all of that. I want to see that stuff reflected because it's something that's happening now for that's that hasn't been really talked about in Star Trek yet. That hasn't really been present in Star Trek yet. Um, so I think he's got I, a uh, lot to work with. Okay, so on to the final, the uh, the big thing, the uh, the main event. Da, 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 um, from ScreenRant.com, uh, we're going to take a look at what ScreenRant is calling Star Trek's 15 greatest romances. Now, um, I'm sure there are going to be lots of things to say. It, the the um, the picture, you know, there's always a main picture. The picture on it shows Chakotay and Seven, which. <laughs> That would not that would not make my list. Like really? So here yeah. we go. 
Like um, I would sooner. I feel like I feel like the Doctor and Seven would sooner make my list. Like I know they don't wind up together, but like. Oh yeah, I think there were. So let's. Uh, but I think there was was a much more compelling um, uh, relationship. They uh they they name uh they name the episode uh here or I'm not gonna necessarily hold us to the episode that they name but uh but I'm gonna just say what's here uh, number fifteen Torres and Paris in Day of Honor um I want to say this one I liked their relationship a lot of the time and two I loved their relationship in that episode that episode is the one where they're trapped in space in the spacesuits um. I, I don't felt, remember it well enough, honestly. I I think the thing about their relationship, you you like to blast Tom Paris for you know for how he started as cocky young guy. Um, one of the reasons, and and I the problem with Torres is Torres doesn't change that much, but it really did change his character from one thing into another thing, and it is, um, as far as I know, the you have uh Cisco and uh, Cassidy at the end, but um but really the only married relationship that you see happen in all of Star Trek, as far as I know, like they, 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 they don't like each other. They like each other. They, they uh, date, they marry and they have a child. They go through. Oh, where well, you're seeing the whole spectrum. Cause I was going to be like, um, uh, not Ryan that episode. You know, I, like, um, uh, Oprah, you're okay, saying the whole from, from meet to date. No, to... you actually, you actually see that you see Brian O'Brien and Keiko, go through some of the same stuff but they were when before they got married they were both side characters the fact that they, they, that they got married was just something for data's sake um and you got to see <laughs> the other points of their life but it felt like a lot of the times you know they really wanted to write Ke- keiko like o'brien was only married to keiko when the story needed him to be married to keiko otherwise like keiko was gone and sometimes they didn't even mention that she existed she was just like like this is yeah, one. like I, I definitely think that they they did a disservice to that relationship a lot of times. Well, and also it wasn't you know I I what's I think and I what we're gonna get I, they're on this list so we'll we'll get to them but I I did I didn't think it was a great romance I I absolutely believe it belongs on this list and I it's a good you know it's a good bet that it probably should be number fifteen we'll see what's worse than it um but I do like that this is a relationship that you get to see like through the through many phases of relationship that grows they don't break up um they deal with some stuff that's familiar to me so i like i i like uh that relationship between them and for what it does to tom um i do like i do i do prefer um tom as a character once uh he's with balana i think and there and there are times when when they're with conversations between them that i that i do enjoy um I, I just I, there's so many missteps in general in, in Voyager in my opinion and and certainly like not just where Paris starts from which is I think it's just not a good fit it doesn't it, like it doesn't yeah. work and I don't and they still did it anyway because you know they never fucking ask me I'm mean, sure they have my number but they don't fucking call me um, <laughs> so uh, suddenly Rick Berman calls you and says hey what should I do 20 years ago when I made Voyager <laughs> with that piece of shit. Um, but I, and by the time he's married to her and now he's like always doing the thing on the fucking holodeck with Harry or, and she's yeah. never there. And I think that's weird. And, um, and he's, or he's working on a, a classic car on the holodeck or something. And that, and she's not involved in that either. And I think that's weird. No, I, um, that's a, I, you see, I, I don't think that's weird at all. Cause here we are like, like 
like Mr. A is very involved in this show from time to time, but Mrs. J is something that I, I reference her from time to time, but she, this, this whole Trek off thing is, is something I do complete in a completely different room, separate from her. I have this totally separate thing that I do from my wife, which does not mean that I don't spend most of my time thinking about and talking about my wife, but in, as sure, far but as the, it's not, but you don't have like a host of these things that you do without your wife. Sure. I do. I've got this. I've got other podcasts. I've got movies. I got. I, I, but see how they're all kind of in the same. Yeah, they're all sort of creative. Yeah, I, they're I all get in it. the same vein. Like what? What the reason that this that it strikes me with with this <clears throat> particular relationship is, and I feel like there are even times when like they have a fight and he goes and escapes to that or whatever. Where it just yeah it feels like there there's and this is my own bias because obviously I have a very sort of specific kind of a marriage and and I realize my mine's not typical. I know that. But I also I've always hated this sort of idea of like the woman is the ball and chain and the guy has to get out with his guys to get away from her and I really felt like that was the vibe I got from from Tom having those See, I never got that vibe. I never felt that way about Tom. I felt very much that way about Keiko and O'Brien. But we'll get there. Um number now this is interesting because they are putting it in episodes. They say Picard and Crusher and Yaren Data from the episode The Naked Now. Um uh let's start with Yaren Data from The Naked Now. Um one of my favorite moments in all of Star Trek. Um it's up there with me with with Edith Keeler must die as one of my favorite moments in Star Trek is Data talking about how he's fully functional programmed in multiple techniques. That that moment <laughs> and 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 the fact that he and Yar hooked up. I love that. It's I just do, amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, awesome. There's no debating that that's awesome. I feel yeah. like I, um, I can I can't think of a single person that I've ever talked to about it that it's ever come up that's been like that was dumb. Yeah, why'd they do that? Meh. Like, I've, you know what I mean? Like, we have so many things that <clears throat> we get into nerd fights about. And I've never, that's never been a contention. Um, I don't want to talk about Picard and Crusher in The Naked Now. I just want to talk about Picard and Crusher. Um, in general. Because I want to say that they, uh, just like we want to, like, see who is worse than uh, Tom and Bellana on 15, I am going to be hard-pressed to find a better combination than Picard and Crusher. Um, they are, I never wanted two people to get together more than I wanted them to. The fact that you never got to see them get together, um, is also good. The fact that they got, you know, later that they got together and that it didn't work out, um, but that they remained friends and had a healthy relationship and respect and love for one another, um, is complicated and exi- we've talked we've talked about that specifically yeah. about like the I, fact I think um, that she would that if she had the chance to have her own medical ship she absolutely would have it he wouldn't be her uh he wouldn't be her captain's husband and she wouldn't be his captain's wife um so that they their careers were first and that ultimately that's why a marriage between them would work it is complicated and nuanced and um the episode I, where, I, I think where, that yeah. the only, I like off the top of my head I feel like <clears throat> the only thing that would uh not i guess uh like i'm not sure but i feel like it would give a run for its money is um at least for me is um is will and uh yeah. and uh what's well let's name? see let's see where they <laughs> well, what's her name <laughs> wow troy yeah here we go i'm sorry i'm having some trouble like not like coughing my lug up right now so um uh, uh, number 13, Spock and Uhura from Star Trek 2009. Um, oh, I didn't realize that was in the mix. Yeah, I this uh, this shouldn't even be on the list. This is terrible. 
This is this was this had never worked for me. Um, it was always a springboard to other interesting things. Like I, they they make funny comment. I I, I like it best in in uh, in Star Trek Beyond. Yep, agreed. Uh, because they're apart and they're just sort of commenting on it, and it's it it is the springboard for funny conversations. I never believe it. It never works for me. It was distracting when it happened, and then in Star Trek Into Darkness, where they're having a couple fight while they're oh the, yeah, that um, was so upsetting. Although it's almost worth it with Kurt going going. Are you guys fighting? What is that even like? That's a great line. I mean, I got to say. <laughs> What would what would that be to to be in a lover's quarrel with Spock? Would absolutely be infuriatingly bad. Um, but th- this is worse than Tom and Bellana. Agree? <clears throat> um, uh, certainly in terms of scope and range, and like as much as I, I there are things about Tom and Bellana I don't like. Um, there are some like and and here's the thing too, which is why I think it's odd that they've included it. Um. We've got three movies that a whole lot of other shit. Fuck, excuse me, <clears throat> is going on, and in you know when we have Tom and Blana's relationship, we have so much more. Like I think, I think one of the episodes that I actually really did like um, of Voyager, which there aren't very many, and certainly not very many that feature Blana and Tom. Uh, the one where she's deciding um, what to do about the baby they're having. Yeah. The, um, the, 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 and I, I guess that's why I think Spock and her needs to be at the bottom of this list because Tom yeah, and Yeah, because there's, no, there's nothing there, like, with that level of 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 meat that happens between. That's what I'm saying. So it seems even if it had even if it had meat, it was distracting. It's like you can ha- you can have a movie with other stuff where a, a two hour action movie where there's a a love story that you you know I. It, aliens. You, you, here's the thing: you can't. Aliens was But when you a, do it in an ensemble, in, in an ensemble environment, it 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 doesn't. I feel like at its baseline, it, it's already kind of doomed because I, in an I ensemble, disagree. Look, you've look, kind look, of got so much happening already that once you try to like, I think when you have a love story plus action that works, when it's like you've got a, a protagonist and a you know and a love interest, and then you've got whatever action they're dealing with that can work um but it's once you've got an ensemble going on and you've got see one, i i got, got an I, hour 90 minutes maybe two hours to tell i gotta disagree with you story you're i telling. got like it's, i gotta disagree with you a star wars is an ensemble piece and there's an absolutely convincing romance between two different people who are not the protagonists yeah but it's over but it's <clears throat> it's over the course of three films in the first film would you say it's even there no, but in Empire, it's totally there, and you totally care about them. Whereas Spock and Uhura, they also had three films, and in the three you films, you do. But here's the thing: what's the ensemble size in Star Wars? Count it off: like seven or eight. Seven or eight? Sure. Luke, Luke, Han, uh, Obi Wan. Luke, Han, Obi Wan. Well, no, Obi Wan. All right, you but Obi Wan's in the first, and Yoda's in the in the second and I, I third. Just, so. I, I don't care. They're not part of. They're they're a character, but they're not part of the ensemble. They're not ever with the group. Obi Wan is absolutely with the group. Obi Wan is with the, one, the whole group time. for like five seconds, man, and then he. All right, so dies. so no. so then I'll do this. Then I'll say Obi Wan slash Lando because Obi Wan's with the group in the first bit. Dude, the first no, one and, no, no, no. He's another. They do presence. not count as the ensemble. I'm not saying they aren't important characters, but they are not a part of the ensemble. 
The people who you, you're you with the whole you, time. You, the ensemble for those movies are Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, and... <clears throat> R2-D2, C-3PO. Yes, and th- that's and th- it. And, all right, that's five. And you don't think that you don't think that Lando's part of that ensemble in six and seven, or or, or in, in yeah, no, in five and six. You don't you don't think that that Lando is part of that group in Empire and Jedi. No, not nearly as big, and and he's not in the first movie. Like they're in all of them, right? Like if you aren't in all of them, you aren't you aren't part of the ensemble. Period. End of story. I uh, you see I. I kind of understand what say, you're saying. And, and to be clear, just by saying ensemble, it's not like if you're not in the ensemble, we don't care about you. All right, so who's that's the ensemble? Who's the ensemble? Of, and that's not true. But who's the ensemble of Star Trek 2009? Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and Uhura. And then kind of in the background, you have... No, but that's the point. It's not kind of in the background. It's absolutely... They're I very say- much there. And and, and, and throughout. Like, so that that's the, that's what I'm saying. The ensemble you're starting with, and, I, and whether they do it effectively or not in the first film or what have you, it's Spock, it's Kirk, Spock, Uhura, McCoy, um, Sulu. Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. Is never, Scotty is never part of the ensemble in any of the three films. It's really interesting. In the first film, he's not with the group until the end. In the second film, he's removed but from the group. But you're following him so much. He's such a big part of the story, always. I would and I would say that I would say that Lando has as many lines. The, anyway, the point not, being, no, this isn't about lines. I'm talking about the the dynamic. All right, so so if we were to talk about the dynamic, I was going to point out aliens, in which there's a giant ensemble of nameable characters who all have arcs, who all have interesting things to do, and I'm still on the side of Ripley and Hicks. I think the point being is that it is, but, but, but yes, but but Ripley and Hicks are the ones that are left at the end. Like everybody else is killed. All right. So it's not really, again, that winds up falling into a protagonist love interest by the end. All right. I I hear what you're saying. I still think that I'm glad that Spock and Uhura were part of an ensemble and that it wasn't bigger because it, it, I I wonder if it, if it hadn't been, if it had been something that we saw over the course of the series, I wonder if you would feel this way. And I, I cause I'm not disagreeing with how you feel. Like I remember when I first saw it in the in 2009, it was like, whoa, what are they? Why, why, why are they doing that? Well, that's the thing. Um, it's a why are they doing it? And if you can't do it effectively, you shouldn't do it. Agree. It could be, and, yeah, yeah. And it's like if you don't really have the time to do it, like, and I think that was my beef at the time too. It wasn't even necessarily like I feel like after my knee jerk reaction, I'm like, well, they weren't together. What are you fucking doing? Um, it was it was more of. There's no way you have the time to do this effectively. So why are you putting it in there other than to be like, see, the only reason a woman is around is because she's in a relationship with a dude. Well, and like, I and, it, and like I think it that really my feminist hack. I don't have the same feminist cackles that you do, but I will say this about that relationship. And then we're going to move on to the next um, that. I don't even need to have it for it not to work. The fact that it was something that did never exist, the fact that it's not the kind of traditional relationship you'd ever see Spock in, the fact that it's something that as a fan, I'm already going to, you're already swimming upstream with me with that relationship. Agreed, yeah. Like so, there's a lot that's going against it from the get-go. The, in, the, <clears throat> in, in Star Trek 2009, I guess it's sort of okay. I turn on it in a big way in Star Trek Into Darkness. Absolutely. It's not, ju- it's not yep. just not given time. It's done badly yeah i'm glad i'm i'm glad it doesn't have more time yeah um because absolutely uhura is absolutely wrong and wouldn't make that choice and she's smarter and better than what they give her to do that's what i'm saying and and again it really my 
my feminist hackles were raised in the first one. You better believe by that second one. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Fuck yeah, you. I mean, Fuck you with a chainsaw. Well, here's the thing. She seems dumb and Spock seems like like Quinto Just trying Spock, to deal with this crazy bitch of a girlfriend. Well, well no, he also kind of seems like almost a little like autistic a little. Um, and maybe right, like trying he to do can't possibly understand. Like, I don't get it. And, and that's I never got that sense from Nimoy, like ever. Ever. No, he, it wasn't that he didn't. He didn't get seem like was, I don't get this. He was like, it, yeah, well, it was whatever. like I understand that you humans have an attachment to yeah. whatever, but like, that, you know, so you know, that's so not logical. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a case of I don't understand it. I guess I mean there are some funny moments where he's like curious or fascinating, um, but I don't think this would if you if 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 we were to go ahead and take a moment and, and like put him in a relationship and be like, okay, what would that look like? I don't. Yeah, I don't think he would be that. Stupid. Yeah. Um, you know, that number, clueless. To, you know, number to, 12. They're putting this at number 12. Uh, you say advice for number one. Troy and Riker. They call out Star Trek Insurrection as where they're going to say Troy and Riker. First of all, I I guess they're kind of okay. I guess their relationship is the one thing about that movie that I maybe kind of like, except for the hot tub scene where she's like not even shaving him, but is clearly just pulling shaving cream off of his already shaven face. Um, <laughs> well, in like, fairness, like you're you're Jonathan Frakes, and like and, I know, and let's I understand they've worked together a lot, but like, would you really do you think have enough trust to be like, all right, Marina, go ahead, shave me? Like, I don't know. I I mean, it's it. I'm just saying that's I feel yeah, like whatever. There are husbands and wives that like the husband won't let the wife do that. So I I, I would be I think it would be hard pressed to uh to imagine that just somebody you worked with for a really long time you'd be like yeah uh, you go ahead and shave me it's cool <laughs> i i've been you know i i've always felt like it's a three-way tie between star trek one star trek five and and uh star trek insurrection it's the worst star trek films i know that a lot of people say nemesis i think nemesis does a lot of things wrong but has enough meat in there that i don't put it in there uh, insurrection might be the worst of all the star trek films this might be the best thing about insurrection um so I'm going to say in terms of their full romance, was it always, it was always a little weird to me the way that they were friends and then occasionally they would just like kind of kiss. And maybe it's because I got married so young and maybe I'm just like sort of stuck in. You're either going out or you're, we're either going together or we're friends. There's no in between because I never had to live, you know. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Like I, uh, it it doesn't hit me the same way as it hits you in the sense that like I was just always happy when it happened because I just wanted them to be together so badly. But like, yeah, having, you know, been, you know, married uh, early and, and not having had many relationships before that and. Yeah. So therefore, I, yeah, I don't. I've never had to deal with the the gray murky area. And but certainly, when me, I was watching it first run in middle school and high school, like it was very strange to me that like they're not together, but they do kiss on the lips. It's always hard for me to deal with. But now it's see, it wasn't for me because I and I guess you know this because to me it always felt like that to me was the indication like that. See, they, they love each other. They're in love with each other and they're going to wind up together and they're kidding themselves sometimes, but that's what's, that's what's got to happen. It's clear. Why else would they kiss on the lips? Like, so um, that's, that's how it landed for me. It was just, it was more reinforcement of the, how that's going to, they're, they're meant for each other. Well, we're going to hit them again at the end. Cause I think there's going to be a debate at the end. Uh, number 11, they see Soren and Riker in uh, the outcast. That's of course the uh, genderless species. Uh, who develops the relationship with Riker? Yeah. Um, you know, I believe this belongs on the list. Really? Uh, 
that was it was kind of a heartbreaking episode uh i i respect for what it was trying to do although that's not the discussion we're having um but in terms of there at the end when he goes back and they've reprogrammed her and she has no interest in him um it hurt when it didn't yeah, work out that was it that hurt. was yeah that was there was a blow there i'll i'll admit and so I think, yeah i think for me though like because i've I, it's hard for me if it's if we're talking Riker with any other person because it He's he's supposed to be with Troy. So well, then the you're going to be really upset because Riker like sticks his dick in every like seriously. Ah, that doesn't bother me. Oh, right? he like, just can't the love fact anyone. That he's because I mean I that's that's dudes for you, right? Like they'll uh, I have you know friends uh, that are guys and and I've had friends that are guys that have had their heart broken and um and they just go stick their dick in everything as if that's going to somehow make it better. So like when he's just sticking his dick in something that doesn't. That doesn't have the same response. Can you imagine? Like can, can you imagine? But like Troy comes up to him and she's really mad. Again, we've talked about this before because she can sense everything he does. He goes, "I stick my dick in everything, but I only stick my heart in you." <laughs> <laughs> so romantic. He's like, "Make it slow." Um, number ten, McCoy and Natira for the world is hollow and I have touched the sky. Um, I'm going to let you talk about this one because you know, uh, you know, these better than I don't than know I do. that. I don't know that this I don't. The All name right, so, isn't immediately. Sure. Let me let me read it to you. At the beginning of the episode, McCoy tells Kirk that he has a terminal disease. Uh, so it makes sense that when he meets Natira, the high priestess of Yonata, he seems especially vulnerable to her and therefore more appealing than his arrogant colleagues. The sparks fly and within a few minutes of being alone with him. She asks him to marry her, stay in Yonata and rule by her side. But we're strangers to each other, he tells her. She's got a good answer for that. But that is not, not that not the nature of men and women, that the pleasure is learning of each other. He confesses he only has a year to live and they suggest they should spend it together. And who could say no to all that? They even get married, but of course it won't last. And when the story resolves itself, they realize they must each pursue their their own destiny he gets cured and though he stays behind kirk promises mccoy a return visit in a few months wish we could have seen it yes i do remember this episode and mccoy um, gets married and then it doesn't work out yeah it, it always felt like um <clears throat> i think the reason it I, I'm, I'm i think it's a little odd that it's on this list i feel like if i was gonna pick a mccoy romance it would be uh be from the first episode um, yeah the the where where there's like the woman that he knew like way in the past that yeah they had yeah. a relationship because i because I, I always felt like in this particular episode and i not that there's anything wrong with that but i guess it's it's not being male um i don't always know how things emotionally are gonna sort of i'm clear that we have different hormones and things like that and um react emotionally to d differently so i don't know that but but I get in a sense like because he was dying, and it was like what's the point, right? And he and and it felt it didn't feel I guess the reason I'm saying it, it didn't feel so much to me like some great romance, as like I dig her and she digs me and I'm dying, and I've and and this my whole life has just been doing this, and I'm gonna die like in two minutes. Um, don't I deserve to have somebody with me? Like don't I ha deserve to have that intimacy? And this woman wants to give it to me. So it just it didn't feel this it didn't feel like there was a such a deep connection between them so much as it was convenient. I, 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 I felt in the moment that way like I, and it and I got it. It wasn't like I dinged him for it. I was like, dude, yeah, totally. <laughs> like I know that you love you know your boy Spock and Kirk and that's great and all, but like 
they don't have a vagina. Yes, and, like, as far as we know. As far as we know. <laughs> and you're you're dying. And so I, I always felt like his reasoning <clears throat> at the time occurred to me as kind of twofold. Like, not only, you know, do I not have love in my life right now, and this woman is offering it, right? Um, part of me doesn't want to deal with you guys watching me die, right? Like, because he loves them so much and how hard that'll be. And in some way, it'll it'll just be easier to say goodbye here, right? Like, and you'll not have to actually watch me die. I won't have, you'll remember me like this, happy, just married with a wife and a new life. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. it's, I, but it never felt like some great romance to me. So I don't, I, it, it seems an odd pick to me. Well, let's look at number nine, uh, which is uh, like, again, tied for last place for me. Seven to Chakotay, human error. Um, Ugh. I like that Seven wanted a relationship. I think that's great. I love her. I love the episode Someone to Watch Over Me where she's like ready to start a relationship with someone she doesn't know how the way that uh, that someone like her a Borg would go through like like essentially you know you know swiping left on on going okay uh, um on on you know the the members of the crew and that the doctor wouldn't be a good fit um I liked even maybe the lead up that she would find Chakotay attractive but that suddenly they were dating in like the last six episodes of Voyager. Yeah, it was um, so weird. It came out of left field. It and like, the, I felt the, and no the chemistry build. wasn't I felt there. no chemistry prior to that. I didn't feel any chemistry during that. Well, um, yeah, I'm just, but I'm saying here's the thing. Like, if, if it had been only the last six episodes, but like over the course of seven being there, there had been this, this clear chemistry between anything. them. I don't Anything. know that it that it would feel the same way, but yeah, like there's just there was nothing. There was nothing. It came out. It was like it could have been anybody. It could have been Barkley shows up out of nowhere. Like yeah, he like he just manages to find a way to to transport from the distance and like look here's Barkley. Now they're together. Like yeah, no, that it, 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 that random feeling that it could when, be anyone. When people complain about the things uh, wrong with Voyager, inevitably this relationship comes up. It has as to. being. So, so because for there's that reason, such a build, yeah. there's so much there for her and the doctor that if it had, be, if if there had been a final, if it, if that had finally culminated in them being together, or is she, that or is she would had, be on this list for sure. Or if she had broken his heart and that was the end of the story, like she doesn't need to end up with a boyfriend, like she doesn't, or she can end up with a boyfriend on the crew that you never see, but not this. This, yeah, is, not this. This just is such a fucking, yeah, yeah. Again, so, if you're a woman, you need a man. Even if you're Borg, you know what I mean. It's or if you're Janeway. Janeway doesn't have a man. Really? I mean, put it out there. Um, da- Dax and Lenara in rejoined. Uh, this is an interesting thing. It was the one of the first. I think it was the second. Uh, um, uh, lesbian kiss on. Although it's not really a lesbian kiss, a, a, a same sex kiss. Uh, on right, television. Um, because not really lesbian because they were in a heterosexual relationship. Um, but they're both women at that point. So, you know, I, how do you figure that doesn't make it lesbian? I think that when you, when you're trill, I think that maybe when you get past like a, you know, you know, they say like, like, 
like the reason that you have so many people that are like in their like fifties and sixties that are swingers that would never have done it. With their well, I guess probably because... bisexual would be a better distinction. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point it's just sort of it's 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 just sort of now they're hundreds of years old. They're rekindling it. It's very complicated. It's the best thing about the Dax like like character is that it can be complicated in these ways. Um, but it is absolutely again. It is heart- it is a heartbreaking moment. Oh, it absolutely uh, is. It, it definitely yeah. like oh, do you feel for those women? Like you yeah. really do. Like and and you want them to run away together. And and you're angry that the trill the trill society is like cuz it's like here's the thing. Like and and I think I feel like I I totally relate to this episode in a lot of ways because, like, obviously, Mr. A is the love of my life. He's my true love. And if we had the opportunity to continue on, right, past our natural lifetime, like, I can't imagine a, a life without him by my side in it. So if that was an option, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why would you take that off the table? Like, what is the purpose of that? Other than I also, be horribly soul crushing, yeah, like yeah. no. All I also notes. I also like um, that as a counterpoint to uh, tr- to uh, Crusher's inability to carry on a same sex relationship with someone she was having serious feelings with, um, uh, who was who was a trail, even though it looked totally different than a trail. Um, I know, right? <laughs> that, but here's the thing: I love, like, like if you're going to say, like, if you want a progressive story in Star Trek, it is absolutely possible for people to be heterosexual and go, you know what? I can't do that because I just, I don't, I don't. It's not in my. I makeup can't get to, past it. Yeah, sure. Like that's it, that is a realistic response. Like, and, and here, and here's the thing: Certainly. if the, if if only that episode existed, it might feel a little not progressive and short sighted. But since you have the same thing happening in two different episodes, you go. You can absolutely say, "Well, some people are one way, and some people some are another, people are another way. way." Yeah, and that's. The, and, I mean, that's and that's the reality. Like that's no one's trying to say, you know, like everybody's bisexual or everybody's yeah. you know actually well, gay or everybody's only heterosexual. Yeah. Like we should be. It should be about the fact that some people are this way, some people are that way. And well, and I think no this right episode is this- different. This episode makes that episode more complex just by connecting the two. Yeah, just um, by existing, right? Number seven, I number seven worse than Uhura and Spock, worse than Chakotay and Seven, Crusher and Ruin and the Ghost. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? It's on the list. And nope. I, no, no, here, here's you know the what? thing. I don't even think you can continue on this list. It has now lost all validity. No, I disagree. I disagree. This absolutely, really? this absolutely belongs. On on a list, if if it weren't the, the ten <laughs> best list of the uh, most horrible right, things so, ever, you know, if of we the didn't most call degrading the, things they've asked poor Gates McFadden to do. All right, let's say this: what instead list does of it instead of the Star Trek best romances, if this were a list of the Star Trek biggest romances, this was absolutely one of the most intense romantic episodes, or the attempt to be. No, um, that they did not romantic. I know it's not. It and fails. And love are not the same thing, Justin. It fails. Here's the thing. It <laughs> absolutely fails in what it's trying to do. It It is, it's, you know, if you were to make, so I'll give you an example. If you were to give me a list of of the most, uh, let, let me say, let me say the most memorable meals. 
In fact, you, if this were the the most memorable Star Trek romances, this absolutely belongs on here. Um, like if you're talking the most memorable meals that I've ever had in my life, one of those meals would be when my poor young wife tried to make me uh, applesauce pancakes because she knows I like apple pancakes and we didn't have apples, but we had applesauce. So she put it in and of course they wouldn't cook because the applesauce won't gel. Um, and so it's just <laughs> this big gloopy mess of horrible horribleness. <laughs> Now, now, if you were to ask me the best meals I ever had, no, it wouldn't be there. But if you were to say the meals I most remember, it absolutely is a meal and is one of the most memorable meals. So for that reason, it belongs on this list as a how could you have a list of Star Trek romances without this? But it belongs uh... on it. It belongs on the list to anchor the worst. Like it is if if the list is a hot air balloon trying to escape to the sky, it is the tether holding it down to the ground. <laughs> Like, like you I don't know must, about all these metaphors you're throwing at me, man. Like, I just tell you, confusion. you must know where the bottom not. of the basement is. And this is like, this is the worst. So it's a thing. It happened. It was big. It sucked. Um, number six, Kirk, Kirk, Kirk at Miramani and the Paradise Syndrome. Uh, remember the episode where Kirk got married and had a kid? Uh, yes. The, the one with the like sort of Native American. Yes. Um, um uh, uh, in the Paradise Syndrome, planet. Kirk gets knocked out, loses his memory, discovered by Miramani. Kirok becomes her tribe's medicine man. They fall in love. Um, of course, their romance is doomed and worse. Miramani is killed along with their child after defending her husband when the tribe turned against him. The planet is saved and at least she dies with that knowledge. Uh, we're still not sure why McCoy couldn't save her since she was only hit by rocks, but so it goes. Um, as for yeah, Kirk, we've... because the reason is because Kirk can't have a wife. Yeah, <laughs> like um, that's why we finally get to She's see him, temp- him. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> temporarily free of responsibility. Um, I don't know this episode as well as you, so I'll just ask you: Is it does it work? Uh, it absolutely does, and and it and the reason it works is because he's not himself, right? Because he doesn't remember his ship, his crew, his people. Like, is that Kirk um, falling in love is uh, is a more difficult prospect? Right. Because he's got all of these responsibilities, which is why I assume Edith Keeler's on here, but higher up the list. So but this absolutely does rank because he's 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 happy. Like it's it's wild to watch this episode because he's in love with her. He's happy. He's trying to build a life and he's you know dealing with being the outsider in this, you know, in this tribe. And even once they show back up. And he's remembered kind of who he is. Um, it's it's not like she just goes away, right? Like he's had this whole other life. It's like it's like the episode with Picard where he lives a whole other life, except yeah. it's, instead of him actually living a whole other life for you know a lifetime, he does it for several months. But you, there's still there's gravity to that, you know. So I think it. I definitely think it belongs on the list. I mean, he didn't marry her for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Number five, T'Pol and Tucker. And they're going to name Harbinger um, as the T'Pol and, and, and Tucker. I always liked them together. I wanted them to be together. I don't know that episode in particular. You'd have to yeah, I don't know it either. Going. Here's what I would say. I, I One, I'm on record as not liking T'Pol at all. Um, two. <laughs> I, uh, I liked her much better when she was with, with Tucker. Two, I'm on record as absolutely hating the T'Pol-Tucker 
sexy stuff they tried to throw in early on Enterprise. Oh yes, I'm abs- That was fuck. That pisses me off. Like I hated that. I hated again, the, like the gel rubbing in the. Like, and then even later the, in their in their romance proper, the the shirtless neuropressure massages. Um, outside of that, they did have a, they did develop a relationship that was very complicated, and she was dealing kind of with a drug addiction kind of thing, and and trying to make something work that was not always working very well, but they're trying. I, and I, I actually, feel, they definitely had, they definitely had chemistry. Yeah. Like, I, that's I, why I, I'm saying, I feel like she became so much when it, it, she was so much better um, in a lot of ways that you could see her complexity and it wasn't like, I didn't hate her character as much. It's a failure um, of the show that they had something that should have worked. It's like yeah. it's like it's like they had matches and gasoline and managed to start a little tiny candle. And it's like you you should have been able to blow this up and this should have been number 1. They had so much chemistry. This should have been at the top of the list and just as a facet of writing incompetence or being tired of, you know, the people in charge just weren't willing to take risks. I don't know what it is. But it it should have it only ever really it it, it was good despite I think the the trouble in the writing because the actors had so much chemistry with one another. Yeah. This should have really worked, and could, it didn't yeah, really I, work. I, I was it, really when they were to, you know kind of together, like and and unlike the Chakotay thing, like they you could see it build. You you saw, and it was and it was a slow burn, and and I really there was so much I liked about it, and it's it's such a shame that it how it like kind of turned out like if yeah it felt like they didn't they didn't do it justice in the end. Agreed. Um, number four, Odo and Kira, they're listing Children of Time. I think it's a really interesting episode because that's when you see a hundred year old, older Odo telling Kira how he felt. This relationship is my favorite, more than Picard and Crusher, my favorite relationship in Star Trek. Um, they, they break. It, bu- my- it bums me out that they don't like wind up together, though. That but it's a, but it's OK for it to bum you out. It's okay. It's you can. Here's the thing. If you know what it feels like? It feels like Ross and Rachel. Only they don't stay. They're not together at the end. That's what that fucking relationship feels like. And, and that's Ross not and Rachel with me. Well, yeah, but you know Ro- Ross and Rachel, unaffecting relationship. Um, uh, that their well, yeah, I'm friend- not saying it's not affecting. I'm, I'm just I saying think their friendship, their relationship. Odo pining and pining. You know, I was Odo through a lot of middle school and high school. There was, you know, either with a girl I had a crush on or a girl who had broken up with me. I was always like, I'm going to oh, one day, one day, one day, you know, I'll just stay friends. We'll st- I'll stay friends with her because one day she'll see um, <laughs> the fact that it worked out for a guy finally and not because she was objectified because she's the least objectified woman in Star Trek. Um, uh, no, that's why I really their Yeah, their relationship. That whole thing was their first kiss is awesome oh my god i know like you cheer you're yeah. so happy that's why i'm so upset like it's to the point where in my mind like i have rewritten history kira and him are together yeah. like the idea that they like break up and are not together is fucking stupid i don't i don't accept it writers you i'm sorry you're wrong and no um i think we should if we're naming romances um we we need to just give a little lip service to the fact that kira had a number of romances she um, did she, she was did. she she was a serial monogamist. Uh, she had she had a number of long term boyfriends, uh, both of whom were terrible. Yes. <laughs> you know, Vedic Burial, the the creepiest Vedic in all of Bajor. 
<laughs> and then and then Ronan the Candle Ghost as Shakar, um, as the most petulant, like he actually said the word girlfriend. Like, get away from my girlfriend to O'Brien. Also, she like she had a weird chemistry with O'Brien, which was interesting. Um and Oh and- yeah, I did not like that whole thing though. And oh, I did. Felt, you know what? You know, I did. What because, it felt like, at least in the moment, though, and the only reason I could for, I could kind of forgive it is I could see that um, by virtue of sharing so many intimate moments and, and because she's carrying his child at the time. I know that's weird, but uh, uh, but she is. And um, that they're sort of being there's this forced intimacy and that that kind of could trick your brain into. Like, because that the thing is, like, medically speaking, right? Like, when you share an intimate moment with a person, like you, you release oxytocin, and and that's the feel good hormone, and it makes you feel like feel closer to that person. So they're because of the virtue of this of the circumstances, right? Like, because that's the only reason I can I'm okay with it, because I'm I'm like, there's no way this would have happened if she wasn't like carrying his child and and they're like Oh, I disagree. I disagree. And I would say I would say this that just because it wouldn't happen to you or I, one can't deny that that workplace affairs do happen when people are married to other people. And I would also step in and go those workplace affairs were probably never intended to be those workplace affairs. And I would dare say that it is within the scope of the human condition that a workplace affair or an almost workplace affair absolutely could happen where a man and a woman get like get and feel close where then one of them at the end gets smart and goes, we can't do this and backs away and everything's okay. It is within the, the, the scope of the human condition that that happens. It's not a thing that would happen to you. I don't think it's not a thing it, that would happen is, to me. Here's the thing. It's, it's not a thing I believe of, of, of O'Brien. Oh, I do. That's... Oh, I, I absolutely. O'Brien is. I, I believe it of O'Brien much more than I believe it of Kira. But I absolutely believe O'Brien. I mean, I guess the, I, I guess that's the yeah. thing. I believe it of neither of them. That's and that's why to me it felt like I'm so confused by this. But like I said, given the circumstances, that's why I don't agree with you that it would that it would that it could have happened just by virtue of them working together and and liking each other well enough and and whatever like i believe that only by the inter- the the bringing in this circumstance that is sure. forcing them into intimate s- situations not because they're trying right but because they they have to right he's but i guess he, what i'm saying is she's that as a carrying sh- his precious cargo and so yeah. that's that's what's making these these intimate things happen, and then their brains are do, you know doing what brains are supposed to do in those circumstances, which is to strengthen a bond that's well, well, already I, there. But I would also say and, that as and it, that just kind of makes it all. Ha- but th- but because neither, it's not like either one of them, neither one of them are this way. That that's why they're both like like it's not like one of them says, "Oh no, bad." They both are like, "We need to." I need to not be here. We need we need to figure this out. Yeah, we, we need to back that. We need about. But here's the thing: I would say that that the people who get into those situations never thought of themselves as a person who would get into that kind of situation. And I would say that because, I, I mean I wouldn't say that's true of all of them. Well, but I would say of that some does of them, happen absolutely. Yeah, but I would. But what I would say is that the the problem in a show like Star Trek, where everyone in your main cast is pretty perfect, 
you know that that's good. I love that that's it's a show that true. I don't know. If I love that, that it's a show that was willing to go there, but then also not go there. And I think as a as as compelling drama, it worked and it's reflecting the human condition. It worked for me. Uh, we have a few more to go here. Number three, Dax and Worf, change of heart. Um, let's just talk about Dax and Worf in general. Um, can I say I I feel like I was supposed to really like this, and I kind of liked it. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I feel like I was supposed to just adore Dax and, and Worf together. And can I say I liked Dax better with Worf, and I liked Worf better with Dax. I just didn't care about them as a couple. Does that make any sense? In a way, yeah. I think I know what you mean. And I feel it like was really good for just, both their that characters. Like but... them as a couple, but I think obviously I'm, and I admit that this probably has a lot to do with it. That my feelings for Bashir uh yeah certainly had a lot to do with it in that in that i was i wanted her to be with him because like are you fucking kidding me lady so um that aspect certainly affected my position on the relationship but yeah it didn't it never it never reached what i think they want like i I was clear they wanted me to feel more than i think i ever felt i don't know why it is because you know what they they have chemistry and yeah. the relationship is given the time and room to grow. And yep. it makes absolute sense that she would be the only woman on the station that could like stand up to him. And he would appeal to a side of her that she's not able to explore with anybody else. And well, and they, and they the, certainly even prior to them getting together, like they show how much, you know, Klingon her her Klingon interactions from her last life, like how how much that's affected her, like how much it means to her. Yeah, so. it's um I think we do need to like I know you hate Esri, so beyond you hating Esri, we do need to bring her into the mix because Fuck that bitch. because Sorry. but uh, look, I I think it's, I she wasn't that bad. Um, yes, she was. But I will say that uh that Watch Worf, it again. Yes, she was. Uh no, I I think that it's I I guess maybe sometimes it just doesn't work cuz everything about this should have been the best. Um and it just never was. Here's one that was number two. But what, uh, what, were you gonna, what were you gonna say about Esri other than she sucks? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, um, <laughs> talking, talking about, talking about Esri. I, I felt that it did something for the Dax storyline to see how Worf didn't know how to handle the return of a Dax who wasn't Jadzia, who he had mourned for, and who his beliefs said would be in Stovacor. Um, his confusion. Um, and his inappropriate way of handling it and then eventually learning how to handle it. Um, I mean, that's probably uh, the only thing good to come out of Esri Dax, but well, and also Esri ends up with Julian, like they, Julian and Dax. I don't, but by then, you know, by he's not, she's not good enough for him. Fuck that bitch. I don't like her. I like her a lot. All right. Number, uh, number two, this is one that, uh, absolutely could conceivably be number one. It's, you know, clearly number it's between this and, and sitting on the edge of forever, um, which no surprise is the two best episodes of Star Trek. Uh, and one could argue either one as the best Picard and Aline from the inner light. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, when <laughs> like, we, so when this list began, I didn't realize that we were talking like just that it wasn't over the scope of, of a series or whatever. Like I wasn't, yeah, sure what we meant here and when you like when you talk about it like that that does occur i mean he married he had a whole life with this woman yeah 
and their and their relationship and grandchildren, right? Like, didn't even have grandbabies. Like, but we've talked a lot about on this show, uh, on the show we just just did about how, like, you can have an entire season and it just doesn't work. Like for some reason, they were trying and it didn't work with Worf and Dax. Somehow, I mean, it did, the, but it didn't. It didn't work as well as I think they wanted it to. But it, this this episode where these two actors share only twenty minutes of screen time together, within the first ten minutes of that screen time. You are on board with them Absolutely. as a couple. Yep. You love her. You know it. she loves him. You see him fall in love with her. You see that, like, do you want him to have had this life? Isn't it weird? That I, I, if he had never come, if this had been Patrick Stewart's final episode of Next Gen, I would have been okay with it almost. If he got to stay in this life, um, like if that, if he was, just, if that was his world and. There was yeah. more. I don't know if I could say the same, but um Well, I'm glad he I, had more, but he like I, but I cannot imagine, yeah, like it's that episode the implications, the when he like wakes up. Like can you imagine having well, and it a hinges whole on this lifetime re- that just from your perspective that just that just happened, that you just lived. And here's the thing is oh. after she's gone, you see sort of the I'm happily continuing with my life, but it's just never the same. You see that in him. And it's not the relationship with his son, who's actually played by Patrick Stewart's son, or the daughter, or the grandkids, or the work, or the planet he's on. Uh, And his wife is already gone. She's already dead. And yet when he's pulled out, the idea that he never had that, it's her. It's that relationship that matters. And when she appears, when, oh, I'm getting goosebumps talking, when her like ghost appears to him at the end going, it's you. You're the one. And and you go, oh, like the moment he gets to see her again, it's just there's almost no more crushing moment in television. Yeah, they really and obviously, I mean, Patrick Stewart is so good at. I mean, no, there, just, that's that he's a talented young man. I, I predict I predict big things for him. <laughs> Um, number one Kirk and Edith Killer on City on the Edge of Forever Um, is this true is Um, this number one here's you know what it's if if we're talking about the greatest romances the way that Harlan had it written it would be true the way it was aired it's not true it should be second to the other one see I is this even Kirk's best? I mean, we, um, we talked. We talked about Kirk and the Native American, like, like. Yeah, yes, and the reason why, and this is what I mean by like the reason that Edith Keeler is higher up on the list than um, than Miramani because he is Kirk. He is himself. There's no memory yeah. loss. He has his ship. He has his time. He has a mission. He, like, he's even there to do a thing. And yet he falls so hard for this woman. So that's truly Kirk falling in love with her. Whereas yeah. the other relationship is some aspect of Kirk falling in love with this woman. No, I get burdened by all the other stuff. Cause, and that's, that's why I say like, so the difference here is like, again, um, and I guess over the years, maybe Picard uh, thinks himself crazy to have believed in the life that he, theor- that he thought he had before. Right. But he's that man when it starts right he's not without memory he's not dropped into this thing clean 
the way that Kirk is. He is dropped in as is and makes a life for himself and lives that life and has has a, a great love of it sure. and comes back from it and it's heartbreaking and it's and but like in and that's why I think honestly it should it should top Kirk's romance because he lets her die and if he like I don't think Picard would have I think no, Picard I was in that situation and it was like I can get home but only if I if I let my wife die he wouldn't do it. So um, now that we've gone through the list, uh, I feel like there's some missing ones. I don't want to spend a long time on the missing ones because we're already at an hour and a half for the show. But um, there are some major ones missing in this in this list. I mean, I, you know, Picard and Vosh, that was a thing. It was um, a thing. I mean, but uh, was it a great thing? Well, OK, I see that. Uh, it was a fun S- thing, but great. S- Cisco, S- Cisco and Cassidy. Yeah, Cisco and Cassidy, I think, is 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 definitely an oversight. It occurs to me as an oversight. And Keiko and Keiko and O'Brien are not on this. Yeah, like, what the and fu- if, if you're going to like, keep if you're going to keep the candle thing on here, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Like that's I guess that's what there's I mean. so like, much. I, like, how like, are you going to have the candle but not Keiko and O'Brien? Like that's I mean, let's see. My and I we've talked about. I don't want to beat like, these because poor guys. they're the we've, first we've married been... couple we follow on Star Trek. If they were real, they'd be so mad at us. Like, oh my god, are they talking about us again? Stop it. <laughs> um, uh, but I will say this: I wish that the relationship was called out on its dysfunctionality when it was being dysfunctional, other than just like, oh, you guys are fighting again. But like, there are times that there, there, that relationship just never, ever, ever, ever worked for me. Um, uh, yeah, you, know, Neil- you have this whole thing going on where you hate Keiko, and and I think that I think you have to recuse yourself and realize that that taints your judgment. I think that Neelix and Kess should be on here. Um, because no, ab- because they fucking screwed the pooch on that shit. No, I don't think they do. I think it's absolutely yes, they do. Here's wrong. why. Here's why I I, I Once like again. Neel- you're wrong. All right, why? All right. So <laughs> outside of saying the word "screw the pooch," like give like give me a ten second reason why, and I'll give you a ten second retort. We'll move on from why, why wh- the way it ended. Go ahead. You tell you see your ten seconds. I like the way they. I like that she outgrew him. I like that 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 Kess, given that she ages like she does, that like over the course of three years, it would just she would be beyond him at that point. That's, that's fucking. But if you're that in love, no. So no. Yes. Oh my no. gosh. She's like she's like the the maturity of a sixteen year old when she starts and the maturity of a sixty year old when she ends. But you she's can't... not actually though. Like, do you see that on that show? Do you actually yes. see that on that show? Yeah. Well, okay. She no. I uh-huh. I guess she's always kind of sixty, isn't she? She's always yeah. just very sage. But one would imagine. So I don't want to fuck. So no. Uh. Uh-uh. Like if All she right, had I... be- been behaving like a teenager and then behaved like an you know a more mature uh, woman. Somehow it did happen was, very abruptly. I agree with you. I think I would have liked I to might see. I agree with you, but I uh, yeah, I I I I would like it, it. Could have been better in that they could have taken time for her to clearly outgrow him over the course of a few episodes, and him not know how to deal with the fact that that I mean, she's mature. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it doesn't even happen on screen. Like we don't even see it. It's like we come back one season. They have a together. fight, and then they're no, they have a fight, but it is very sudden. Um. Uh, I'm just thinking across the shows, um, the McCoy, uh, relationship um, I you think talked about. honestly, that's something that's not on the list that should be Spock. Like, and not the, I mean, but 
not fucking oh, Spock the, and Uhura from the fucking movies. Spy, the, the one where he gets his emotions. Flowers, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That is crushing. Like, I don't remember that bitch's name, but I'm just saying, like, that, he was happy. Like, he's smiling in that episode. Yeah. He's like, no, I and, agree with and you. When, and the end of it is heartbreaking because he's like, he knows what he's lost. I agree. Like, with how, you. how are you going to put Uhura and him from the fucking movies, which is crap by comparison, to that? Like, that's what I mean. Like, when the list started, I didn't know if it was, you, you know, this. It, it, we're talking a romance that's encapsulated in one specific episode. I, how is that not making the list then? That's fucking bullshit. If, if we're just, because we probably won't hit all the relationships again, but I, I also, uh, not that it would belong on this list, but I think that uh, Carol Marcus, um, in that, uh, not the romance side of it, but I, it's just but they never going to. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're not going to have an opportunity to because she's not going to come up a whole lot. But the idea of of reconnecting with a fling that you are now tied to as an adult—it's a very mature kind of conversation that they're having in the drama of that. Um, and I and I really appreciate and, the and way that, that it's handled. An affection there too, like like for, yeah, that you can tell, you know, much like. In in some ways, like Picard and um, and Crusher, like they both were sort of married to their work in a way. I like I I guess I didn't I didn't get the same feeling. I, although she does feel very wronged, um, and didn't tell him he had a son, but like, uh, that they both were sort of following their own path and, and like and it the wasn't... and the amplification of that, of course, being Worf and Kalar. That like that that yeah. it's short lived, but they're like the passion that they had and 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 his vengeance for her death is is it's a palpable well, moment. And they have and yeah, that they have a son. Yeah, and it's a it is a romantic moment. Like her death and his revenge is a romantic moment in the truest like Shakespearean sense of Absolutely. the word. Absolutely. Like the fact that she's taken from him and he erupts in rage and commits murder. That is you know that is a Shakespearean a romantic tragedy like Shakespearean totally. like that's um Straight I'm just up. thinking thinking across the series um you know I would say Janeway and Chakotay um the will they won't they that is something I could have gotten behind yeah I think I could um, I think that I could have gotten behind too I think that I certainly could have gotten out behind sooner than Chakotay I loved I died. loved that episode where they were stuck on the planet and they had to like consider the idea that they were they okay, like we've always had a bit of chemistry. We never did anything about it, but we're stuck here. This is going to be our life. I guess this is, this Maybe makes sense. Let's yeah. do this. And then that it didn't work out. That could have been like that, that uh, episode where Picard and Crusher are linked up where like they realize they have these feelings, but then they go, but you're, I'm the captain. You're the first officer and we can't ever. Yeah. Like if they had said that, and then if you had had for the rest of the show, this underlying tension between the two of them, that, that on her word, cannot ever happen and if you made sure that it never did happen i think that would have been a really interesting story to tell yeah where, and where and god knows it would have given poor chakotay more to do well and and if they had like been in character love, if, generally speaking if they had been in love and if he had wanted to pursue it and she had said no and any time that she did try to he did try to pursue it she shut him down um that could have been really interesting that that's like something that because it was the seeds were planted there um yeah they, i mean like i said they they certainly had more baseline chemistry than than him and seven yeah. right like 
there there's something you could have done there and but i mean but to some extent too that's that is an old trope that's a used trope i mean it's every show ever that has a you know a female and a male protagonist like Remington Steel and Moonlighting yeah but and, the diff- I mean? the difference between this could Bones, be it's it's not a it it would not I would not want it to be a will they won't they I wanted I would want it to be a they won't and they won't because she's the fucking captain. But that's and the she, thing. It and she knows what's it, best. When it was happening, it wouldn't feel that way. It would feel like not the with way those you writers. Build it no, would be a not, will they won't they? Not not with those writers. No. Um, <laughs> now, if it had been the writers who were who were handling, and even they did have Odo and and Kira together. But I've always loved a good longing uh, story. Hey, you know, if you guys are feeling romantic, listeners, um, you can go on Spotify <laughs> and look up Unlovesick. Uh, by Justin Tim Payne. You can look that up or you can go on SoundCloud or Amazon or iTunes or you can have that you can play Rhapsody that for your, for your yeah. lady or for your man. Twelve. You know? It's like almost an hour of romance for you, man. It's it's just go check it out. I think you guys he's like really, it. I mean, all joking aside, he's very talented. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, that's it. That's for that's Trek off. I hope you all fell in love a little bit more today. My name is Justin. <laughs> My name's Alex. Yeah. Trek off. Trek off. Hey, you know what makes us different than all those other podcasts you listen to? We have a movie. There's a movie of this podcast on Amazon Prime right now. Just go right now on Amazon Prime and go look. Check it out. Just search for it. There you go. There it is. Trek off. One word. Just search for Trek off on Amazon Prime or Amazon Instant Video if you want to rent it. If you don't have Amazon Prime as a subscription or if you want to buy the DVD, it's there on Amazon. But seriously, this podcast, you got all the way to the end. Now go watch us and give us reviews and tell the world, man, a podcast got me made into a movie, man. How cool is that? Go look it up and share it. Love you guys.